This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom-loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cameron Goulet. Republicans have chosen their fourth nominee for speaker. And finally, the House-elected Mike Johnson. Hamas tried to invade Israel from the sea, but with Israel's preparations, it will be very difficult for Hamas to succeed in any of their military campaigns. There are still voices in the mainstream media excusing Hamas's atrocities. Israeli officials have presented a wealth of evidence showing the bodies of the victims with video footage of the scenes in the hopes that the media will report on this tragedy in an unbiased and objective manner. Hamas's atrocities have also caused Americans, especially the younger generation of progressives, to reflect on the values they espouse. Jenna Ellis, President Trump's former attorney, pled guilty in the Georgia 2020 U.S. election case, but does she really think she did something wrong at the time, or did she just bow down to the pressure of the prosecution? Tucker Carlson's new media venture has made a huge new development. It's going anti-woke. What secrets lie beneath the deep Amazon River? A once-in-a-century drought gives us a chance to find out. Okay, let's get into it. On Tuesday night, after Republican whip Representative Tom Emmer dropped out of the race because he couldn't raise enough Republican votes, the GOP chose Representative Mike Johnson as its next nominee for Speaker. On Tuesday night, there were five legislators on the ballot in the race for the Speaker's nomination. Mike Johnson... Byron Donalds, Mark Green, Roger Williams, and Chuck Fleshman. In the evening, the Republican Party's first round of voting showed that Chuck Fleshman was ousted. Four other candidates advanced to the second round. On the second ballot, Mike Johnson received 128 votes. 44 votes were for others and 29 votes were for Byron Donalds. Of the other 44 votes, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy received 33 votes and Representative Jim Jordan received just one vote. It's telling that McCarthy's job performance is still recognized by many Republicans. Representative Andy Barr of Texas says that Republicans must realize that electing a Speaker is not about electing the perfect person. There were no votes in opposition, though three members voted present and about 19 were absent. Maybe this is a good sign. The new nominee for speaker is not very well known. Who is Mike Johnson? Johnson is a conservative constitutional lawyer. He considers himself a bridge builder between the various factions of the Republican Party. He formally announced last Saturday that he would run for speaker and after Emmer withdrew, he reannounced his candidacy on Tuesday. Johnson told reporters inside the conference room after the event, I'm honored to have the support of my colleagues. This is servant leadership. We're going to serve the people of this country. We're going to restore their faith in this country. A confirmation vote was held at 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And finally, the House elected Mike Johnson. The Israeli military said that on Tuesday evening, October 24th, some Hamas militants attempted to infiltrate Israel by sea from the Gaza Strip. But the IDF did not say how many Hamas divers tried to sneak into Israel. Hebrew language media reports put the number between five and eight. The incident occurred when alarms sounded in the border communities of Zakim and Carmia, indicating a suspected infiltration. These communities have been largely evacuated since the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel. 
The area has been declared a closed military zone with only a few essential personnel and local security teams remaining. Later, Major General Daniel Hagari, a spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, said that naval forces searched the area for signs of the militants and found the Hamas team on the coast of Gaza City. They had entered the sea through a tunnel. The Navy opened fire on the divers, killing many of them. This is the latest Hamas infiltration by sea. Some mainstream media and mainstream social groups are still downplaying the massacre of the Israeli civilians by Hamas on October 7th. On Tuesday, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres claimed at a UN Security Council meeting regarding the Israeli-Palestinian war that the Hamas attack did not arise out of nowhere. Guterres said, it is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. He pointed to 56 years of suffocating occupation that has been suffered by the Palestinian people. So what has happened in this region over the past half century or so? We explain this in detail on our membership site. Israel's ambassador to the UN, Eli Cohen, responded to the speech by listing the names of children who were killed in the Hamas attacks, and he asked, Mr. Secretary General, in what world do you live? Definitely this is not our world. Cohen called on Guterres to resign over his statements. He said the UN is failing and you, Mr. Secretary General, have lost all morality and impartiality because when you say these terrible words that these heinous attacks did not happen in a vacuum, you are tolerating terrorism and I think that the Secretary General must resign because from now on, every day that he is here in this building, unless he apologizes immediately, Today, we called him to apologize. There's no justification to the existence of this building. On the same day, an Israeli forensic team showed the media the bodies of hundreds of victims of Hamas terror attacks. Of the more than 1,400 people who were murdered, 784 bodies have been delivered to this site in refrigerated trucks. Israeli authorities brought the foreign press to this site in order to share the horror of what happened to innocent civilians and in order to make sure that there is never any doubt, never any attempt to deny it or any attempt to excuse it. Michael Levin Elad, a 25-year-old veteran of crime scene investigations for the Israeli police, told reporters, we have seen children who were decapitated. We have seen children who were dismembered. It cites I have never seen before and hope to God I never see again. They also released a 43-minute video compilation to its correspondent in Tel Aviv the day before. This is a compilation of videos of the dead bodies of Hamas victims. The recordings were taken from car logs, home security cameras, and community videos. The evidence reveals to the Western media the gory images of Hamas killing children and beheading civilians on October 7th. The compilation was filled with heinous atrocities that shocked the journalists present. Some journalists could not hold back their tears. A video shows a gunman breaking into a home and finding a young girl hiding under a table. After a conversation, the gunman mercilessly shot the young girl. In another clip, the militants are seen hacking at the head of a fallen man with a farm implement. 
The journalists at the scene were prevented from videotaping the compilation except for a one-minute video. The footage shows armed men disguised as Israeli Defense Forces. They are waving at people to stop their vehicles on the side of the road. As the vehicles slowly pull over, the gunmen open fire, killing the people inside. The Israeli Defense Forces on Tuesday released a ghoulish call from a Hamas terrorist to his mother. The Hamas terrorist had just slaughtered 10 innocent Jews and he used one of the dead Jews' women's cell phone to call his family. This person told his parents and siblings to look on WhatsApp where he loaded the photos of the Jews that he had just slaughtered. He proudly said, Look how many I killed with my own hands. Your son killed Jews. The Hamas attacks on Israel on October 7th changed the views of a segment of young radicals. Former New York Times reporter Barry Weiss believes a political awakening is taking place in the United States as a result. Weiss wrote in an article for the Free Press on Monday, liberal friends were suddenly talking about buying guns. Progressive friends were texting about topics like border security and immigration. In a whisper, one even admitted to watching Fox News. More typical of these groups is billionaire and venture capitalist Chamath Palahapatiya. He made comments last week about seeing the mess that our country and the world are in. He said that he is convinced that President Trump is right about many things. Palahapatiya voted for Democrat Hillary Clinton in 2016 and Joe Biden in 2020. He pointed to the Abraham Accords between Israel and the Persian Gulf states of the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain as an example. He cited many other examples. Although he was upset, he was willing to admit that President Trump was right. Barry Weiss also cited a column by Constantine Kissin for the Free Press, which was titled, The Day the Delusion Died. It's an article about the October 7th Hamas attacks. Kissin wrote, a friend of mine joked that she woke up on October 7th as a liberal and went to bed that evening as a 65-year-old conservative. But it wasn't really a joke, and she wasn't the only one. Many people woke up on October 7th sympathetic to parts of woke ideology and went to bed that evening questioning how they had signed on to a worldview that had nothing to say about the mass rape and murder of innocent people by terrorists. According to a new Gallup poll, only 32% of respondents said that they have a great deal or a fair amount of confidence in the media to report the news in a complete, fair, and accurate manner. A record 39% of Americans said that they don't trust the media at all. Younger Democrats, in particular, have much less trust in the media. A third defendant in the Georgia 2020 U.S. election case pled guilty. This time it was Jenna Ellis, President Trump's former attorney who took a plea deal. Ellis entered into a plea agreement with the district attorney of Fulton County, Georgia on Tuesday. She appeared at a plea hearing before a judge. She pled guilty to the felony charges that were filed by the prosecution, aiding and abetting a false statement and writing a falsehood. She was sentenced to five years of probation and $5,000 in restitution, plus 100 hours of community service. She also wrote a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia, and she promised to testify truthfully at any future trial in the case. Ellis cried while she addressed the court. 
fighting back tears, Ella said, as an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously and I endeavor to be a person of sound, moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. We don't know if her tears were for her decision to join President Trump's legal team three years ago in order to challenge the outcome of the election or whether her tears were for her decision to plead guilty for doing something that she believes was righteous. Just days ago, Ellis posted the link to her defense fund on Twitter. Her legal defense fund on Give, Send, Go had received more than $216,000 as of Tuesday morning. Some people on social media have called on her to return the money. Ellis also implicated another former Trump attorney, Rudy Giuliani, in her plea agreement. She agreed that she allegedly aided and abetted Rudy Giuliani's alleged false statements at the December 2020 hearing. Ellis helped conduct that Georgia legislative hearing along with Giuliani and another co-defendant in the case, Ray Smith, who was a former attorney for the Trump campaign. It was a very memorable hearing. But both Giuliani and Smith pled not guilty to the prosecutor's charges. After Tucker Carlson's new show became popular on X, Tucker had teamed up with Neil Patel in order to raise funds for a new media company in July. And now his company, which is called Last Country Incorporated, made a key breakthrough. Tucker Carlson's new media venture has signed its first advertising partnership deal with a conservative-friendly shopping app. According to an October 24th joint announcement by the two companies, Tucker has inked a partnership deal with Public Square. Neil Patel, the chief executive officer of Last Country, stated, We are proud to announce that our new media venture will partner with Public Square as our first advertiser. Public Square is often described as anti-woke. The company bills itself as the largest traditional values-driven marketplace in the country with over 70,000 businesses on the platform and roughly 1.6 million consumer members. Michael Seifert, who is Public Square CEO, stated, Public Square is thrilled to collaborate with Last Country Incorporated as we build an ecosystem of alternatives to the existing commerce and media incumbents. The content partnership will launch in November and will initially last for one year. Reportedly, the deal is worth at least $1 million, but no other terms have been disclosed. Brazil's Amazon River region is in the midst of a 100-year drought. River levels are at an all-time low. This also allows us to see the secrets hidden under the water. On the north bank of the Amazon River, there are strange human faces carved into the rocks. It is said that these faces were carved more than 2,000 years ago. However, they are usually hidden underwater. At this time, they finally surfaced and saw the light of day. Archaeologist Jamie Oliveira says that some of the rock carvings from the Amazon have been seen before, but now there's more variety to be seen. Oliveira said this region is a pre-colonial site which has evidence of occupation dating back some 1,000 to 2,000 years. This time we found not just more carvings, but the sculpture of a human face cut into the rock. The carvings appear to have been created by the indigenous people prior to the arrival of the European explorers. In this picture, the face has a very smooth outline and the two eyes are almost round. 
but the natives at that time had only very primitive tools. So how did they know how to carve smooth curves into the rock? It makes one wonder if the Amazon River was very shallow 2,000 years ago. Otherwise, why would these natives be carving images into rocks that were submerged? And if they did carve them into submerged rocks, how did they create them underwater? Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.